0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Wade In podcast. I am well settled into America and all things Saratoga. There have been some highs, there have definitely been some lows over here in the last few days. We are going to get to that in due course. And over obviously in England and Ireland, Galway, Goodwood, Washout Territory, we have loads to discuss. We've had two weeks off. The boys are raring to go having tipped a heap of winners on Racing Only Better in the last week as well. TC's looking surprised at that. Maybe Heap was yeah, a slight exaggeration. I didn't contribute. But uh, maybe Heap was a little bit OTT. A few winners, a few winners. Um, But yeah, we've got loads to get stuck into. Obviously, predominantly looking back on the racing from Glorious Goodwood, which was less than Glorious, but Brendan... Brendan Duke joining us, obviously. I'm just coming straight to you here. We're just jumping Mm. straight in at the deep end because we're going Mm. to start with good energy, as Barry would Mm. tell us. Paddington. And Ah. your love affair with Paddington, with Ah. Aidan O'Brien. It's all going so well. It's like a summer of love for you. I feel like it's just the summer of sweet, sweet love for Brendan Duke. Well, I mean,
1: (laughs) it it has been the defining narrative of of the European flat season. um, And... Again, in danger of repeating myself, but, but how lucky we are that, that Aiden trains this horse, because I can think of maybe two trainers that would campaign a horse uh, with such value so aggressively, and he's one of them. So so so, so we're very lucky, and the narrative continues, the uh, Giant's Causeway reboot that we've talked about. Uh, continues. He he was impressive in Goodwood again. He showed his his durability, his tenacity, his tactical versatility, his ground versatility. I mean, the the breeders must just be salivating at getting a shot at this horse. Uh, it was quite was it just an amusing aside when they asked Aidan, "Is there any chance he stays in training as a four year old?" Yeah, uh, you know, well, the genes, the genes. And I think we all know that that's not going to going to happen. But part of the bargain seems to be. That Aiden is allowed to do as he pleases with him while he's a three year old. And when we reach this stage after joint Causeway won um, the Sussex Stakes, he had four more runs that season, lest we forget. And I feel like Aiden's going to do exactly the same thing, although perhaps not exactly the same race. So, just briefly on the race, it was a pity and Spiral didn't run a race because, in terms of performance, I think beating Emily Upjohn in the Eclipse was actually a, a better performance. That French horse is reasonable but he's no, he's no star but it was hard in those conditions and the way the race unfolded for Paddington to be impressive so he got the job done he won the race so now of course we 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 always look forward we're obsessed with this movie that Aidan's directing well I am so it's on to the judmont and you're going to have hopefully Mostadaff the uh, highest rated horse in, in Europe Desert Crown And King of Steel, uh, King of Steel probably over his optimum trip. So, surely one of those shows up in the race and gives Paddington something to think about. And if that's the case, then. He's 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 almost certainly put up a career best performance. Now, the snag with that is the snag with that is the Irish Champion Stakes, just wedge in the reference <laughs> for us because I think he, he's definitely going to continue on the the Giants Causeway route to the Irish Champion Stakes. And we've had Johnny G throwing all his best bullets at him, mustard is his last bullet. So if he gets beaten the Judmont by Paddington, I think there won't be much appetite. To go for the Irish champion stakes, which leaves, leaves leaves us very light on contenders. I mean, while it would be great to see Paddington continue this Odyssey in Leopardstown, I would like some credible opposition. We don't have Johnny G, but we might have Johnny C because I mean, he Ace Impact is entered, and like you would think maybe he's going to go with a traditional arc prep with him and go for the pre neal or something. But remember now, Almanzor didn't go for the arc, of course, so it's a different story. But when Almanzor came over to Leopardstown. Uh, Harzand was a, a dual derby winner, found and minded were in the race. It was a proper heat play and he didn't shirk it. So there is a chance that Johnny C will will, will try and rescue that situation. Now then we go, so he's done, he's done the two joints causeway thing and then the great auteur, Aidan O'Brien, in his head, he's a, he, he knows about the rich tradition of the great game. He knows about imagery. Paddington's Granddad won the Arc Monsieur, in the same colors I mean it's such just a perfect image if he's got, if he's gone and burst through the line beating the best horse in Europe over an extended 10 furlongs I think this is where the uh, the reboot pivots into the horse going for the arc so Paddington then goes for the arc hopefully wins that I mean I hope he wins it all it's obviously going to be very difficult and this is a very mm-hmm. movable uh, situation but if that happens then he goes and wins the arc and he finishes up like Giants causeway in the breeders cup but the breeders cup turf you wouldn't expect him to 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 run yeah. on the dirt given he doesn't he doesn't have those american influences in his pedigree which is just what a great what a great story it is i mean this is a horse who just runs every month Wins every month. People love winners, so he's so he's, he's totally reliable. He's got that brand recognition of his name. He's now getting followed around by a person in a bear suit all the time. I assume that's going to continue because it is. I mean, it's a results business, Vanessa. It has even melted the icy heart of Tony Calvin. This is just a, this is just a narrative. This is just a narrative that people... So I expect there to be, it seems, a real win for the race courses where you go just to have someone dressed up as as the bear watching him and hopefully this narrative develops and he wins the lot.
0: I mean, not much can... Get TC smiling in terms of I don't know any other gimmick in horse racing that TC has enjoyed on any level, and yeah yet- well, he, he, he
2: now he has a soft spot for the racing league. In
3: fairness,
0: don't want to know what, the know what that soft
3: spot is, Kevin. Yeah, <laughs> I, tell you, I, I tell you what made me laugh about that is because I didn't have many winners last week, but I uh, I bought uh, Brendan's soliloquy at five minutes there, and I reckon I made, I reckon I made at least. Three minutes on my stake, so I'm very happy. One thing I would like to say: I mean, only two trainers would campaign Paddington like that. You said, Brendan. Who's the other? Yes. Tra-
1: well, Bulger. Bulger is, is another. Yeah, man. that's a fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah
3: that's, uh, what was that philly He, he um, Bin Yeah, it was like French Irish and Newmarket, wasn't it? The, the Guinness, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean was, I'm not sure what Paddington did there, but the fascinating thing is is where next, obviously seven to four favourite for the uh for the Juddmont. And I was quite surprised that we even though he's tens in the sports book for the arc. I mean, I was I was expected to go on the exchange and expect about 24 for the arc, because, you know, m- many people think that's unlikely, but it's it's he's quite a solid 13 chance on there. So um perhaps we will see him in the arc, but yeah, um I think uh, Brendan's covered all things Paddington, but I was expect—I know, I know he's got the whiskers sorted out a little bit, but I was expecting a hat, a duffel coat, and uh, and a pair of wellies.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. When, yeah, yeah. when did we get that from you, Brendan, yeah, like, Bear, like, I mean, if
2: he turns up in the Irish Champion Stakes, Brendan Duke has to dress up as Paddington Bear. I tell you what, don't.
3: I'll um, yeah, I'll source, <laughs> I'll get someone to source a Paddington Bear outfit, and we'll ship it over. to you. <laughs>
1: OK, well, that's because that's I, I was thinking I was going to have to get duffel coats and selesters. And the main thing is uh, that I'm not doing this for for clicks like some media tart. I'm doing it for charity. So it's totally fine. Yeah. Okay, OK, I thought it was going to be Halloween, but I'll do it for the Irish champions sake. So for, for,
0: for charity and from a place of love and passion. As that <laughs> opening gambit from Brendan Proof. Like, you know, we're, we're told on this podcast to start with good energy, and so there's no better place to start than Brendan Duke and Aiden O'Brien with a horse like Paddington. Kevin, do you have oh,
1: but Did you see Aiden going up and shaking hands? Yeah, yeah. Uh, really? so, so what good. A, what, a, what an egg he is. He only have to see him at the races, the way he <laughs> treats the people who man the gates at the races. It's an absolute prince I, um, the I, man, so I, I, he's like, a great I, dimension.
3: That clip of the uh, Jockey Club, uh, no, John L. Spence Consulting did. I he sent it. it to my son, and he he played it to his uh, my grandson, and apparently he literally watched it twenty. <laughs> years. He was like, "Here's you know, the here's the I've been been I've been been looking for. Anyway, I mean, I like see it's kind of like I'm surprised <laughs> so the, the powers that be haven't stepped in and say you can't you can't. Uh, Show Paddington, you know, to younger kids, getting them involved from a from a betting business, but yeah, oh, I it was amazing, yeah. You know, but I thought it was absolutely superb. So well played the people, the organisers, and well played for uh, for Aidan for buying into it. It's <laughs> like, yeah, it's,
0: it's, it's all it's all good. It's all good. And look, like Kev's, like Brendan's already said, Kevin, it might anti C. Who know, like the form of that race we all know that was not a vintage renewal of the Sussex we all know that wasn't in spirals, true running but now that we're all aboard the Paddington train and the season that's developing for him it's just it's, it's going to be great to follow wherever he goes and as TC said he's now seven to four from 11 to four for the job market, if that is his next step and that's where we expect him to go right
2: yeah, and look just, just on what he did at Goodwood. Like I know you look at the form and you say, Oh, look, he didn't need to be at his best. But like I was actually really impressed with him. Um, because like he got the first half of the race, like he very much got things his own way in front, in fairness. But like Inspiral attacked him very early um for the conditions. Like like she attacked him like like over three furlongs out, and he's seen her off. And then you factor Cheval, like who, who's a good horse, who got to conserve and wait and wait and wait. Then he gets he attacks him late on as well. So he had to go and win it twice almost. <laughs> so like while while the bare form um won't go down as one of his best efforts,
3: like on
1: city. Uh,
2: that? Oh, that, was, that was unintentional <laughs> if I did something there. <laughs> no, you said the bare form. Nah. The bare form. <laughs> surely, surely that was intentional. intentional. <laughs> no, but not that clever, clearly. Uh, but yeah, like I thought he was really gritty, like really tough. Um, it was rotten ground. Um, he's been really busy. It was rotten ground. He got attacked twice, and like he was well on top of the line. So, um, like plenty of people will comment that he that he does carry himself a little bit high. We know where that comes from, but there's fairly like zero issue with his attitude, um, to a battle and racing in general. So, um, yeah, you'd be really excited about him. York will be fantastic. Like if those guns turn up, um, what what a what a what a gun show it'll be um so yeah I can't wait and and then the arc like like you say and the the thing about the arc is like and I think like when you when you're talking about horses like this like inevitably you know you have to be realistic and talk about like every decision is made in in a commercial context and like I think the arc is always a wonderful race to run a big horse in because there's there's no race where um a defeat is more forgivable than the arc like there's been yeah, some sensational yeah. horses beaten in the arc over the years, and it just doesn't seem to matter. People don't hold it against them like they would um defeats in other in other top class races, you know, giant field, lots going on. Plenty plenty of top horses get beat if you if you go and have season, a go with them.
0: Bad ground, yeah. A list of it's excuses, a it's a, list a, it's a, a free
2: shot. It's gonna be yeah. a free shot. And if it happens, like you're obviously you know, strap on, you're going stratospheric, like, but if if he gets beat, it's not the end of the world. And like he's he's already made. Like there's there his his in terms of what level he has set himself in terms of what he's going to stand in his first season, it's pretty much already set at a very high level, and it's not going to come down from that. It can only go up, and yeah. the likes of the Ark or the Chubmans, he can potentially lift himself up and um, even higher. But um, yeah, and you have to mention Sayuni as well, like Jesus the. Kumor Association with Sayuni talk about timing like they bought Satsas and had him to stand in in 2021. Then then say Max Basilica appeared and did his thing and they had him to stand um in 2022 starting off. And now this fella looks like he's gonna land um in time for 2024. So um yeah, yeah, yeah. They've gotta yeah. love gotta love the horse. Really there. He's a top just,
3: just one thing before we move on. I think the best oh. thing that could happen to Paddington is getting beat first time out, so he hasn't got this unbeaten tag following him around. Yeah.
0: So true, yeah, big time. So true, yeah. Um, right, let's stick with looking ahead to the future and York specifically. But let's move, please, to Sprinter Territory team. And um, we had two good performances in the Sprint division at Goodwood. Highfield Princess. Winning the Qatar Stakes and Big Evs winning the Malcom, uh, Highfield Princess is now two to one from eleven to four for the Nunthorpe, and Big Evs is eight to one for that race. Obviously, getting all the way as a two-year-old. Let's start with Highfield Princess TC, um, back in the winners' winner circle at Goodwood. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward in a Group Two, beating a, a field that she should have beaten, and she did it in pretty fine style. Um, two to one about the Nunthor. Would you have any interest in her at that price up at York?
3: Um, not at this stage, but I don't think we'd learn anything new about her uh, being a yeah. 108, 108 rival there, but obviously very impressive. App got absolutely smashed to smithereens in the market. I mean, it was like evens 10 to 11 the day before and uh, went off four to nine. Uh, but I don't think we learned anything new. Big ebbs. I mean, the two roles are serious rivals you've got the likes of you know the, the apple be trained winner at goodwood big evs and you've got relief rally uh, i'm just hoping regional can turn up there and and get his ground uh, but no twos at the moment even though that's probably a little bit over the exchange price at the moment wouldn't interest me at this stage but obviously she's a massive runner if she gets there on the day
0: yeah absolutely big evs and brendan you're a free swing to talk about Highfield Princess too, but just as a sub-story, Big is, you know season for the Connections has been a nice angle to follow. Um, obviously following up is Windsor Castle win, then in the Molcombe, and they're proving that the Windsor Castle win was no fluke anyway. And at least they've got a proper one to go to war with at this point in the season anyway.
1: Yes, uh, I suppose anti-post punter should be aware that he needs to be supplemented, but connections must be feeling really good about things. And the, the, the way Nick Appleby was talking, it seems that they're leaning that way. Highfield Princess, as Tony said, back as if defeat was out of the question, hosed up. She had a very lucrative time around it, 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 this time last season, and a, she's obviously a worthy fab for the Nunthorpe. But we, Kevin, indeed, would probably like to come in, because he's a real believer that the two-year-olds get a little bit too much weight in 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 those sprints uh and big evs i mean probably on ground that wasn't ideal for him he showed a lot of tenacity didn't he serious gate speed. he just burst out of the stalls and then i thought he was going to be run down late but not a bit of it he, he, he knuckled down again and pro- probably with, with with him having so much brazen speed probably not ideal conditions but he's a lot of heart he's a lot of ability and um, may- maybe the two-year-olds do get uh, too much weight, although they never win at the same time, do they? That's the only thing I'd say together. That, that I know not many of them have tried, but they never seem to win.
0: Go on, Kev. Sorry, I missed
1: that. Talking missed about the
0: two-year-olds, two-year-olds getting the weight. Get weight in the oh, yeah, no,
2: I love it. Like I'm, I'm always saying, I, like, I think the way I think the weight for age is wrong. Like, that's been my view for a long time. And I know times will take the same view.
0: That, but Brendan's saying, saying that often. they never actually win, Yeah.
2: Yeah, they do occasionally, but yeah, they, they, I think they, they always they generally will run very well. Um and like I think if, if it's one of those sample sizes your enemy there, like you know if if, yeah. if the if the fastest two year olds around ran it every year, I suspect it would become it, it would be a regular thing. Um I'd love to see it happen more. You know, it's 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 a you know, it, it seems a punchy thing to do, and a lot of people aren't inclined towards it. But if um if, if they tried it more, I think that there, you would get regular winners, I suspect. Um I was all in Wes Ward's Heyday, which um seems to have passed, I dare say. Um it always amazed me that he didn't try it more. Um he tried it a handful of times, it went very close. One time didn't he with um ooh, oh when, it have, when Frankie with
0: a wrong. Yeah,
2: yeah. Was that was that dear as a two-year-old? Yeah, If he if he if he'd run a couple in it, if he'd run his best ones in it every year. Um, like he he definitely would have wanted it. I'd I say, think but, she was a two year um, old that year, though.
3: I'm not sure. I'll, yeah, I'll
2: I'll I'll I, sure. I, I I think he, he went close with another filly. I think I want to say, um, Acapulco, lady Acapulco, Le, yeah, yeah. I think that was the one I have. In my mind. King's Day Lady
3: won it ages ago, but
2: yeah, yeah. Lyric Lyric fantasy going way back. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'd, I'd love to see it happen more, but um, yeah, Sam Besides is your enemy there. But hopefully, a couple have a go this year.
0: What about, let's stay looking ahead to York and we'll focus in on the Yorkshire Oaks. It was another good week, Group 1 winning week for the Shadwell operation and Jim Crowley. Al Husson took the Nassau Mm -hmm. stakes and is now 6-1 to from 16s for the Yorkshire Oaks, Kev. Um, I mean, she beat all the right horses in second, third and fourth. She was obviously a bigger price than them on the day. I was personally most disappointed in Blue Rose Sen, I think, above all the others in here. But now she's going to head potentially to the Yorkshire Oaks and she's taking some significant steps forward this season. I mean, obviously, this one being the biggest of them.
2: Yeah, no, look, you give her full credit. Um, She beat Nashua at the time before and um, she didn't get her credit for that. But you have to give it to her this time. Look, really tactical race um I, I haven't been a sick after a race for a while now because I thought Ryan just rode the most beautiful race on on above the curve tactically and like really you know rode to beat the big two and beat them and got done by another one that kind of followed him in the right spot um so you know I, I, I it was it was a really messy race if <laughs> Blue Rose Sen and uh, um had, had, a, had an unfortunate experience obviously um went poking for a gap that was never really there and um and paid the price um but there you go and Nashua was just a little bit too far out of her ground after missing the kick but um Al-Hussain yeah look beat the right ones like above the curve is a very good filly um and the two of them were, were the two that were in the right spot and Al Al-Hussain just managed to throughout battle her um like she she seems to be stepping forward each and every time um so we haven't necessarily seen her ceiling yet and look I'd be looking forward to seeing them all thrown back in the mix again like if Nashua was mine I'd be going back to a mile um I know mm. Tony is a, is a big believer in that as well and like I thought she just looked brilliant and really well suited by the trip um in the, the Falmouth so if she were mine I'd, I'd be going back in that direction personally even against the coast I think she'd be interesting um but yeah look the rest we'll see where they all turn up um it's it's a funny little gap in the calendar this for for these type of fillies um like the the the, the pre del tends to be a pinch point for them but that's kind of two months away. So they might go all go their separate ways for their next start and then potentially meet at Longchamp again. But, um, yeah, look, great race. Um, fair play to Al Hussain. Um, bit of a sickener above the curve around a stormer. Um, Ryan, yeah, tactically that would, that was tip top. Um, but there you go. You can, you can get it very, very right and not quite get the result, unfortunately.
0: Tt was she? I feel like when looking back, obviously, like hindsight's a wonderful thing, and I feel like I personally just didn't really take her into that much serious consideration beforehand. Yet she was impressive. What was she backed on the day? Was there any price indications?
3: Um, yeah, I mean Nashua was quite weak, uh, so everything else shortened to a certain degree. El has just looks looks you know, very 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 progressive, doesn't she? She won seven out of the last eight actually got humped by via sustina but other than that very, you know very big upward curve don't back her for the yorkshire oaks um trainer said after the race not sure about the yorkshire oaks looking at the Romanée in a couple of weeks so i think that six to one needs to be avoided just had a quick look on the exchange and that factors in the likelihood of her not running she's about 18 yeah. on the exchange for the yorkshire oaks so yeah um no i, I get obviously i give roger bearing a lot of stick uh but fair and you know, he is operating at a terrible strike rate for a trainer like him 15% this year, but he's done remarkably well with that, Philly, group one. So all credit to uh to very third
0: group one for him in less than 12 months. Like, he,
3: like I know he, he he is not a top level trainer for the quality of gets. If you, if Haggis was operating a 15% strike around this season, he wouldn't go out of the house. <laughs>
0: he wouldn't. I mean, 15%. Well, Joseph's swinging at about a 15% strike rate, isn't he, yeah, Ireland. Yeah, Ireland's, it, different it, 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 <laughs> Ireland's different, Vanessa. Ireland's different. Seriously,
2: 15% serious. <laughs> <50% laughs> in Ireland's very good.
3: <laughs>
2: I don't
0: know. I feel like we give him unnecessary stick, but of course he's no, following no, 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 Tony's... No.
3: he's campaigned that really, really well.
0: He's following Tony's usual pattern of giving <laughs> give anyone a bit of stick from TC and they'll start upping exactly. their game. And exactly. look at this, like a third group one in, in less than 12 months. My, my um, rates are
3: very reasonable. If you want to be slagged <laughs> off?
0: You need to start slagging me off. I might get more jobs. Um, <laughs> <let's>... <laughs> well,
3: says the woman who's currently broadcasting from Saratoga. Yeah, all right.
0: Yeah, actually, my diary is full enough. Yeah. Um, Let's move on and discuss, unless, Brendan, did you have anything to add in terms of the Phillies just before we move on in that category?
1: No, I think the, 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 the lads blue, blue, covered a Blue Rose Senate a brutal trip and Nashville was in the wrong place, but Al son won the race. I suppose the, the only thing you'd say is via is some tool, isn't it? I mean, she's kicked no. the first and second yeah. out of the way. I don't know what happened to her and the Falmouth, but on her day, she's some
0: weapon. Yeah, fair comment. Um, TC, I want to come to you for the next little segment because Desert Hero and Chess Piece. Um, have been market movers for the St. Ledger after the Gordon Stakes. Obviously, Desert Hero winning it is now six to one from 16s for the St. Ledger, and Chesspiece is eights from 16s. Uh, both of them kind of continuing their upward trajectory in that Gordon Stakes. Are you still keen on the latter? It was Chesspiece for the St. Ledger, wasn't it, Tony? I mean, now that he's eights, obviously you tipped him up. At a much bigger price, but he mustn't have done anything in that race, despite not winning, to dent your enthusiasm for him, yeah. surely.
3: Yeah. Um I thought it was a very good trial. Um, yeah. um, I thought it had a lot of depth to it. Desert Hero, you know, stalking ride, picked up chess. I felt a bit sorry for Chesspiece because he was out there all the way. He saw off all the other arrivals and then a uh, brilliantly ridden desert hero just nailed him late by a neck so I could, I think that's I think the sports book are right to take that form um rate that form quite highly they are ducking both the winner and the second uh at sixes and eights respectively and you can get eights and 14s now I, I did a piece for the um betting dot fair uh from the ledger this morning which is live already um and I came to the conclusion that I wanted to be with desert hero you can get eights in the marketplace uh, oh. and I, I backed him each way at eight my fourth bet in the race so I'm drawing stumps if I get this one wrong but I, you know the chess piece better 20s is still live but yeah I just like it's he's obviously ground versatile he's in imp- pretty he's improving he's got a stamina-laden pedigree I a rate that Goodwood form highly you know the third was well beaten off uh, and more importantly he's going to go straight to the Doncaster I don't like backing horses anti-post that half yeah, are going to run again before the well the big trial because obviously they can disappoint and you may not even get a run for your money so sounds like it's going straight there yeah i'm i was i was very taken by desert hero not giving up on chess piece yet but i had a real good look at that ledger today and um and I wasn't scared of anything really. I mean, Gregory is around about 130 on the exchange, about five to two with a sports book. And you can say chess piece advertised that um, that Queen's vase form. So it might be, it might point to Gregory again, but um yeah, I, I thought Desert Heroes are coming for us, and I thought eights each way at this price, uh, at this time is 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 important because there are 39 in the ledger. aiden has got 17 of them. And the voltage of trial, there's 29 in there and Aiden's got 16 of them. So the race is going to collapse at some point. And Desert Hero going straight to Doncaster is good enough for me.
0: OK, and whilst we're mentioning chesspiece obviously trained by Simon and Ed Crisford, we can move on to discuss Van Dijk winning the Richmond Stakes. Um, Kevin, I'll come to you for this one. Didn't look necessarily straightforward in the finish, obviously drifting across the track, but he's now two from two. He's been well back both times. And he is pretty impressive, despite the fact that he, like I said, didn't look straightforward in the closing stages.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't knock him. I'd say he was just a bit lonely. Um, tough conditions and in front of the fairway out, and he just he just got lonely to my eye. belly um, Bellyman Boy closed them down, and myself and Dan were, were giving Bellyman Boy a bit, a bit of a shout um great to see him improve as he did um made a bit of a mess at the start and finished off really well Um, look may have been a little bit flat to finish so close to van Dijk, but um you know stretched well away from the rest so he seems to be going the right way but van Dijk, um look yeah he'll he'll probably have to meet better ground before the season's out but um looks speedy looks classy um he's going to end up in the middle park maybe in the morning before then and yeah he's impressive and Havana Gray another one um he he looks he looks a right sire in fairness and that's his second crop of two-year-olds and um and yeah it's, it's thrown up a few smart ones again
0: um Brendan I'm going to come to you next for we'll keep the show moving at swift pace because we've got plenty of news topics to discuss but just a few more horses to throw into the mix sweet William continued his upward trajectory as well uh, following up his first handicap win with a second one in much more competitive waters down at goodwood he's now 7 to 1 from 12s for the ebor but we've spoken about this horse before on the podcast because he keeps getting talked about as an ebor horse but there's been conflicting views by all accounts from what the owner said to what the jockey said to what the trainer said he's now 7 to 1 from 12s for the race but is he is he going to show up? Can he show up? Will he be there?
1: Well, uh, my suspicion is that he won't get in. He's number thirty on the list. Ninety nine would 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 not have got you in the last the, the last few years. of uh, number thirty on the list now twenty get in. Hamish. Is top weight off 121. I don't know if you know Vanessa, but William Haggis loves to have runners at uh, York. But I don't. I think even he might say, "I'm not running this horse off 121. We're wait for for the Irish Ledger." So maybe Uh, not a chance.
0: You know, he's owned by he's owned by William's dad, Yorkshireman, old Yorkshireman.
1: But 121, really? Very, very worried?
2: careless. Very careless picking up a penalty. <laughs> to, yeah, guess, one, one, to 117, to 121. No, it's, it's, it won't, he
3: ruled it out immediately after the race. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, all
2: right, okay. Now, Haggis H- loves York, and so does his family, but <laughs> yeah. running Hamish off 121 in Ebor might be to be a bit much. Okay, so... <laughs>
1: number 29 on the list, I still with 20 runners, I still think he probably won't, won't even if he does get in uh, the owner might, might let him have (laughs) chance <laughs> off 99 I mean, he's just a remorseless stayer this horse uh he, he probably ideally wants far further than a mile and six but you'd still off a mark of 99 he takes some whacking in an Ebor. but my suspicion is either he won't get in or the owner won't let him run so uh i, I wouldn't be back here i can he's see gone. that he's ball.
0: now five to one he's five to one favorite at the top of the market uh, just i, I think i there. think he i think he might get
2: in if they if they if they, if they wanted the run like uh, i can see a few there that won't run Okay. Um, and that's just the ones that
3: I kind of know about. So I'd say it'd be, be a good chance to get in if they wanted to run. But that's that five would be under pressure because although it's a reasonably a liquid market, it's, it's six to lay um on the exchange market for that race as well. And the thing, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that horse rocked up in that um that two minor on uh, at Ascot in October. That I don't, I'm not sure if it's Group One now, but I think he's a proper Group animal.
0: Okay. You're very taken with him. Um, final few horses to mention, but really this is more about the jockey than the horses. What about uh-huh. Tom Marquand, Kevin Blake? Like, Tom from the front, two superb rides, of course. The big one with Quick Thorn, who's now 6-1 to one from 20s for the Lonsdale Cup. And then he followed up that terrific front-running ride with the similar style ride with Sumo Sam in the Lily Langtree for the Coles. Um, I mean... When, when he goes out and does this, specifically on a horse like Quickthorn, where we've seen this happen before, just explain to me the, like, jockey's behind mentality. Can they just not go with him in the early stages? Like, I don't... A, I don't understand why it doesn't work every time. And B, I don't understand why the jockey's in behind don't do something about it when they know that that's how he wins.
2: Yeah, it's a tricky thing, like, like, like in terms of the sectionals, like, Quickthorn didn't do anything wild. Um, no. It was the others just went move you know you know, notably more slowly than optimum and it's a tricky thing for a jockey like if you put yourselves in their heads like because the damage gets done early you know if you let if you let a horse like that buy cheap lengths off you, you there's there's no getting them back basically you know people will say ah oh, why didn't they why didn't they look to make headway earlier well if they did like that that would be inefficient in itself and it just absolutely burst them more than likely Um, They just had to sit and hope and pray to sweet baby Jesus that the one in front um, (laughs) needs to come up for oxygen and weakens, because uh, that's the only way they're getting out of jail. Um, But look, whatever about Quicktorn, who we know is a very good horse and we know is capable of things like this. um, Sumo Sam was the one I'd given the most credit for, because uh, I I, I wouldn't be uh, an enthusiastic backer of Sumo Sam ever getting near free wind ever again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh it was just like a, a, extreme con- extreme conditions coupled with a, with a with a super enterprising ride um you know she's going to she's going to go to bed um, a group two winner now um, having gone into the race with a mark of 94 so
0: well um, and, and, and with the a- filly who you know latterly it's very clear she's not a straightforward individual you know comments before and after she's clearly tricky and now she's got a massive bit of black type on her page courtesy of basically Never mind the trainer, Tom Marquant. I mean, you'd be wanting to give him a big check, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah, I tell you, yeah, yeah, give, give, give her a good, give, give him a leg in her first
0: hole. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, it. Uh, <laughs> no, it was too bad. You love, you love Tom as well. Like I, I've kind of been, been, been a big fan of Tom for a long time. You know, obviously as a rider, but I just think as a, as a professional, like he's just, he's just tip top. Um, you know, he, he he's so, he's a really like particularly nice fella, which is, which is rare enough in a game where most of the poor fellows and ladies are starved half the time and you know have a very high stress lifestyle etc it's very difficult to um to carry pleasantness off with, with consistency but he manages to do it and um yeah he, he's he's going to be at the top table for a long time isn't he, he he's class
1: it's amazing yeah. that this doesn't happen more often though isn't it so i'm with you like you see some high pro- profile examples of this like serpentine but it happens very rarely. And really, mm-hmm. I, 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 there's only two jockeys involved in that race, isn't there? There's Marcon and Murphy. That's it. Marcon mm-hmm. goes off in front and Murphy's on trade, So it's up to him to decide to follow. And when he does it, all the other jockeys look around and they go, oh, there's a former champion jockey. He, he, he This is the pace we're going. They're looking at Frankie Dettori, one of the all-time greats on the Fab. He's happy enough. Ryan Moore, arguably the best jockey in the world he's happy so the clock we're in this heads, together lads
0: yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. Clock
1: their, the clock in their head seems to go to, to go out the window and murphy i mean what can we give marconda's props but if there is a star of this farce it has to be murphy it's <laughs> absolutely glorious though about three and a half furlongs down the other lads are sort of there fire fire you know, like that <laughs> And Murphy sits there for a furlong on the Billy Idol until the turnaway. He's all in on this. Oh no, we definitely got to no I've got uh, this. Um, it, it, it was I, I was. I was delighted actually. They didn't get a ban. The stewards know that their their explanation. But people go, oh, you have to, you have to ban all all the jockeys. But. You don't really, it's it it, it, it it it's a high profile race and they've been completely mugged off by Mark Holland. That's surely enough of a punishment. I know it's a betting sport <laughs> yeah. and you don't want a situation where jockeys are orchestrating races for betting, but it's a group one race. That didn't happen. I don't think there needed to be any 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 bands, but Murphy, what a performance that was. What a performance. But I love
0: that. I love that. Just sit and wait. Everyone's yeah. screaming fire, but it's like, no, no, we'll wait. <laughs> Um, is that everything? Is that horse-wise? Have we rattled through everyone? TC, are you happy? Yeah let's, yeah. yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. News and views time. and We will stick with Goodwood because obviously I've been over here, but I got up in the mornings, and I had Goodwood on, I was kind of watching Goodwood when, yeah, morning time here. And look, we joke about it, but it was very clearly torrential rain throughout the week in various different spots. Made it very hard for not only like people making decisions on the ground, but of course the clerk of the course, because he had a hole in his rain bucket as well. So that was very tricky for okay. him. And then on top of that, you know, Goodwood is not the place to be when the rain comes and the race goes themselves. I had a conversation with Barry, Betfair Barry, our boss uh, before one of the podcasts this week. And, you know, he just said, he just saw a group of people sheltering under a tree saying it was a waste of 700 quid, you know, like this it's not a good track to be at when you, when it rains. And, I did feel really sorry for them, but focusing in on obviously them abandoning the meeting on the Saturday, how did that play out TC? Because I had abandoned watching at that point, but obviously when ITV went off air, so did the racing.
3: Yeah. um, Well, I mean, look, you have to feel sympathy. Goodwood can't do anything about the weather and it was like filthy all week, but what, what they could be is a bit more honest uh, with people. Now, Anybody who watched, we you know we we took the piss about the hole in the bucket and stuff. But anybody who, who watched racing TV from eleven o'clock onwards on, on Wednesday, just didn't buy into the fact that they got four four point six mil all day. Um, and on the Saturday, even though they got rain all morning, I mean, for them to call that that soft, good to soft. Uh, before the start of racing was just ridiculous and they called it heavy immediately afterwards so I just think a bit of honesty goes a long way you have a look at the BHA site on Saturday morning and it was like you know you know intermittent showers sunny intervals and that was just like totally at odds with every single forecast for that day so anybody who looks at forecasts saw that coming a mile off so but you know that's incidental but you know it's and it was clear that it was getting pretty unraceable throughout the afternoon. We had Mark on saying after he won the second race, saying if it was a minor meeting, they're probably be looking at calling it off. And then obviously we we had the uh, the Lily Lanktree. And and after the Stewards Cup, they, they looked at the course and said, you know, round the bends, it wasn't happening. So I think it was probably the right thing to run the Stewards Cup. But they couldn't just it couldn't just uh, risk it on the bend. So I don't buy into the fact that they ran the Stewards Cup so they could get, you know, nobody would be entitled to a refund because a refund doesn't keep it finishes after four races. So you don't you're not eligible yeah. for a refund after that. So I just think it was highly unfortunate. I'd probably give the course a pass. Um, but I just think a bit more honesty about the forecast, a bit more honesty about the going would go a long way with punters. So if you back to horse. Uh, you, you, on the basis you thought it was good or soft stroke soft on the first race of the day um you were mugged off
0: yeah fair. i was over here for my first day's racing on friday and literally tipped up to the track all jolly you know living my best life in saratoga ready for the racing a uh, few races in bang uh, abandoned Ooh. everyone everyone go home yeah. apparently it well, happens about once a year in saratoga and obviously they had the turf Track and the dirt track in action, and they can't just transfer the races from one to another. And it was that like flash flooding style yeah. thing. So very much the same situation over here. Which just is one last thing
3: before the lads get involved. I mean, because our courses are so well watered now, it just seems like any amount of rain has a dramatic effect. I mean, Goodwood, I don't think, got that much. Well, it's their rain gauge. So well, but it's at Newmarket that started <laughs> off a good stroke, good to firm in the morning. And they didn't get that much. I think they got about 11 mil at Newmarket and it ended up soft very, very quickly. And when you, in contrast to Ireland, where, like I said, I, I tweeted about it, Galway got 28 mil overnight one day and it was like raining there a week, just, just from my TV. And the, after 28 mil overnight, the jump course was still soft. I mean, at 28 mil over here, it would be kind of like a swimming pool.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, is this- but you
2: do know, do you know what the key difference is, Tony is is Galway like haven't wouldn't have raced for like nine months prior to the festival meeting, like so that that track isn't getting abused with water. It, yes. it can be in in the run up to the meeting, and it's not getting opened up and put back constantly. Like it's actually allowed to be grass, normal yeah. grass for much of the year. So I think that's a big factor. Like like the tracks in England like including some of the very big tracks particularly national hunt tracks like the the surface won't name names now but to make the point um like that it's absolutely disgraceful like what, what, what some big meetings are run on in terms of the condition of the ground is absolutely shocking and it's a consequence of just too much racing Um, watering can be a factor but like the, the tracks get something, like some big tracks get some abuse in the UK. And in, uh, thankfully it Ireland, just doesn't happen as much over here.
3: In Ireland, do they water as much as they do over here?
2: And they would do, like they put plenty down when it's needed. Like, but um, like and I, I don't know it sounds like a parochial thing to say, like, but in terms of like the racing surface and the condition of the tracks, like I, I would consider Ireland like to be a different class. Like I think generally, like when British trainers come over here to run. And they walk the tracks they're like jesus christ this is nice <laughs> you know wow. um yeah it's 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 definitely it's definitely a thing and you wouldn't need to get too many guesses to think of the the, the tracks i have in mind for the, the national hunt side but um it, it's definitely a thing and Galway took that around really well like i was there i was there yesterday and like you say i got 28 mils the night before uh, the friday night and like it was actually trying out quite quickly again you know it was, it was tacky uh, as it wouldn't be naturally. Like, it wasn't bad at all, in fairness.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. And uh, a fives-on winner as well. That's decent race planning, isn't it? Just let those fives-on
2: <laughs>
0: chat in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful, uh, d- Um... Uh, Brendan, we've got to keep, keep going. We've got quite a oh, few yeah. topics to get through. Um, but obviously we missed a weighed in last week, so we actually didn't reflect on the King George, hook and yeah. on Westover, the battle, et cetera, et cetera. But obviously the aftermath flagged up by TC, Kevin, everyone really, that we knew that Jim Crowley was going to get a pretty hefty whip ban and mm. a fine that came out, 20 days, and a big fine as well. He's spoken about it since and how he thinks that, you know, the punishment doesn't fit the crime etc cetera, etc cetera. but mm. now off the back of that the bha have obviously come out with more numbers and more stats and more figures about how a bit of flexibility is going to be shown to offenders in terms of they have have a sanction in 200 yeah. rides 150 days class two contests now don't get double i mean to excuse my French, but it's fucking confusing.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, they have made some. They have made some concessions, but they seem and in consultation with the PGA, because we talked about this before. Where the PGA did they did they miss the boat with the with the, with the original? With the, this, seemed to have caught them by by surprise. But I mean. They, 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 it's an olive branch but it doesn't seem like a whole pile to me I, I mean as you say Vanessa the quality of mercy is not strained I mean th- th- these punishments are just not fair 20 bags I mean maybe the whole thing is a master stroke they're going to plug the hole in British racing finances by robbing <laughs> it off the shop. I mean maybe that's the way forward I didn't think, think of that uh, but yeah it, it, was a, it was a thrilling race I thought uh, both jockeys excelled themselves in the King George and the, the, these penalties are just disproportionate. And he was one—he was one stroke away from getting disqualified, which, of course, is uh, Kevin's doomsday scenario in a big race like that. Um, I suppose—I mean, people say it's difficult to count. It's probably not that mm. difficult for jockeys because they, it, riding horses is so automatic for them. But they do have other things to think about. And I mean, you could—you could lose count. Uh, so we don't want this doomsday scenario of a horse being disqualified. I think the the penalties are still se- too too severe, and I, I have a lot of sympathy for the jockeys. Now the PGA said they were happy with the consultation process, but in, under normal circumstances, if employees were treated, being treated this badly, industrial action would be a massive runner. But they don't seem to be going down that route. So fair play to them. I, I think they've been very poorly treated.
0: I was a big advert for the one being like come on they can surely count they can surely count but actually last night I really lost track of how many gin and tonics I had and maybe counting <laughs> in, in the heat of the moment maybe in the heat of the moment when you're in battle do you know what I mean when you're in that like fast-paced battle at the bar it's it's hard to count it's hard to count sometimes I don't know why uh, I'm taking the mickey out of this. It's actually a real problem. And these rule changes uh, are just a fucking disaster, Kevin. But, yeah. you know, um, like we've been here before. Look, we,
2: don't, we don't abound the same drug. We don't... Yeah. Understand. Yeah. Look, look, look I, I, I never like the rule changes, you know, from, from the get-go. Um, But, look, you also have to acknowledge that, that like, the, the way the world is moving and everyone seems to be moving in this direction and the British whip rules aren't the tightest whip rules around. You know, you only have to go across the channel. To France for even tougher ones, to Germany for even tougher ones. Even even the noble Japanese um who had a very loose attitude to the stick are now seemingly gonna gonna mm. look to bring in a number quite possibly. Um Hong Kong will be the last holdout. Um and look, it's just difficult. Looking the BHA brought out the figures, look, compliance with the new rules, where do you like them or not. Like there's loads of rules in life that I don't like, but I have to comply with them, or else you get in trouble. Um, and like the compliance levels, while you know. You you can you can wheel out the level the amount of punishments and days and it reads like a huge number across the whole population compliance has been good and look it's just a bit disappointing that the, a big break came on such a stage um because yeah, yeah. like did, did, did was i upset with the right absolutely not like most people i didn't notice anything amiss at all but look the rules are there they're there for a reason that one of the reasons is to create a level playing field um as it is they both broke the rules i'll be a gym broken um, by, by that much more and look if you're not getting full compliance from the stakes are the highest you can argue that the, the, the deterrent isn't high enough um despite you know this having resulted in a, in a giant ban and a giant fine um but they have, they have to comply. They have to comply. Yeah. I you know don't, I don't like them. I don't like them. They don't like them. None of us really like them, but you have to comply. I don't think yeah. the BHA are going to back down. I don't, no, think don't I, I
0: don't think they are either. It doesn't feel like, like their quotes and their comments afterwards and what they came out with in terms of their stats backing up why they think the rules are working. You get the impression they're not going to stay, take too much of a backward step. So, 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 so we need to... You just, you just to, gotta you got to
2: comply. They got to comply. And it's soft, um, and like, but, no, again, no one's knocking. No one would knock. Jim, you know, no, he didn't, he didn't offend anyone, you know, it, just, it was, a, it was a magnificent horse race and nobody was focusing on the whip reach immediately afterwards, no. Um, exactly. but the rules are there and yeah, even if you don't like them, you got to, you got to be responsible as a professional and, and try and try your best to come to, to stick to them, you know.
0: Yeah, jockeys obviously still up in arms about all things whip related and now we're back talking about soreness. Uh, TC will come to you for this one. Obviously, the saunas were removed during COVID from British racetracks. Mm. Not everyone at the time was happy about it, but it seemed to be in a turbulent time anyway, something that overall everyone just kind of seemed to stomach. Mm. Um, but now the jockeys are voicing their frustration again at this situation and yeah. I think it's Matt Chapman who led with this I didn't see this piece on ITV but it is about ba- it is a drum that he has been banging for a while to be fair to Chapman
3: yeah I mean obviously during Covid um the BHA said they consulted the PGA and the PGA were in favour of um you know getting rid of the saunas um that's been contested uh, and fair play to Matt Chapman I give him a lot of grief but he is a hard-working journalist. Um, in, in his, all this originated in his Sun column because the PGA obviously leaked details of a, a server they did to him, and he ran with it in the sun, and obviously he, he, he followed out up on ITV. There seems to be two media camps here. Uh, the establishment figure who gets all the interviews with the VHA, et cetera, is led by the likes of Nick Luck. And Chapman is the anti-establishment figure who gets fed information by disgruntled groups. So fair play to Matt, he's a very hard-working journalist, no matter what you think of him. And the situation here is that the jockeys seem from the survey to want the saunas back. Uh, And obviously, ITV were beating that Chapman's drum on on Saturday and Sunday. And Tom Warkran was very eloquent on it uh, on the Sunday series program. I think it's more problematic than that uh, as we've seen in boxing saunas can't be the answer but the problem is jockeys are taking it off their own back to kind of like you know put the heater on full blast in their cars on the way to racing so it's even more dangerous um I, yeah obviously boxing is a kind of an equivalent but on a date but that's on a just, that's just on a long term basis i mean if, if jockeys are doing this in an unregulated environment on a day-to-day basis in their cars you know on the way to races it can't be a very good thing but my problem is they decommissioned all the saunas uh they did it partially because they could get separate uh, weighing uh, weighing rooms uh changing rooms for male and, and female jockeys so the problem there is i don't think they can bring them back very easily it'd be very costly and i think it's right that saunas you know should you know, shouldn't really be used as a, as a short-term weight loss. Um But racing's pretty unique in those circumstances. So as with the whip rules, I don't think the BHA are going to back down on the soreness. And as Brendan said earlier, there's going to come a tipping point when these jockeys do take industrial action, whether over the whip or out of the soreness, they're clearly, there's clearly a big break between the PGAA and the BHA. And um like I say, it's, it's very similar to the whip in, in some degrees. So there's two entrenched camps here, and I don't think anybody's going to give way.
0: What I think I'm with TC in the sense that in an ideal world, well, no, I, I am obviously with TC and on the basis that in an ideal world, we don't want our professional athletes sweating out ounces of sweat in a sauna just before they go out to race. Like, that's obviously not what you want, but that is, there's what is needed some of the time, Brendan. But mm. what is the answer here? Would you be sticking to your guns? If you were a leader of the world, would you be sticking to your guns and saying, no, no, we, we don't want them. We're looking after your health. It's breaking eggshells to make an omelet type thing. Or would you accept the fact that if they're not doing it on a the track, they're just going to be doing it elsewhere. And that could be even more dangerous.
1: Yes, indeed. I would be very much in the latter camp, Vanessa. We have to be realistic. If you want fairy tales, go to Disneyland. They're going to get the weight off somehow because they they don't want to lose the rides. Um, I didn't realise it would be so difficult and costly uh, to to bring the saunas back um, until... Uh, tony mentioned it uh, and i suppose the difference between boxing is that the boxers have to weigh in 48 hours before the fight or something like that I'm, I'm, I'm 24 thinking. yeah oh
2: 24.
1: so at least they whereas the, the the riders have to weigh out 15 minutes before the race so it's just the nature of their business and professional athletes by their nature are very driven and they're willing to do whatever it takes and if if what it takes is having the heater on in their car that their hands could slip off the steering wheel or they could fall asleep at the wheel, then I think we'd, we'd, we'd be better off bringing back the saunas.
3: We should yeah. mention that Neil Cannon actually lost the riot, the winning ride on Sumo Sam because he couldn't... I saw
0: it. that, yeah. So
3: obviously that's brought, that's brought it into sharp focus as well. And the other thing to mention is Martin Dwyer tweeted about it, which I couldn't believe. In the consult- consultation process that led to the changes that we mentioned earlier, Uh, But BHA apparently made the jockey sign a non-disclosure agreement while the discussions were taking place. I mean, what the hell is going on there? An NDA about a discussion?
0: Yeah, Mm. very odd. I don't know. I'm not entirely sure how this one's going to pan out. I don't know who's going to back down or who's going to lead the march in terms of from the jockey's point of view. But as TC said, you know, they... They they seem a disgruntled bunch at the moment and the power is ultimately in their hands if they did want to do something severe, but time will tell. Um, Last topic to wrap up the show is not a jolly one, I'm afraid. Over here in Saratoga, I'm obviously having a very nice time, but the big racing on Saturday was completely marred by um, an incident that happened in the Test States where Maple Leaf Mel, three-year-old filly, Was going to win her race a few yards from the line, breaks down literally in front of the stands, in front of a record crowd here on Whitby Day at the track. Um, Heartbreaking on so many levels. A favourite for the race or a well-fancied filly for the race, unbeaten, in a grade one, on terrestrial television, trained by a female trainer with a small yard who'd survived cancer who Fox Sport had done a feature on just beforehand. She's going to win her first grade one race with an unbeaten filly. And it was horrendous. Horrific doesn't cover it. Even by my, you know, I feel like over here in the UK with the jump racing, we're a bit more desensitised to it, dare I say. But even by my standards, it was horrendous. And the feeling on track, I've never known anything like it. I mean, There was just silence, pure silence. And that is no exaggeration. Everyone was just in complete shock. People were crying. Like when I say people were crying, I don't just mean the odd person connected to the horse was crying. I mean, many members of the public I saw with my own eyes crying. Uh, Loads of people left as soon as it happened. Loads of people left, just left because of it. I mean, the reaction to it was what some would say dramatic. But at the same time, like it just really hit home to me how there's a real love for the horse out here but their situation on the track with these fatalities is obviously doesn't read well but no one has the answer but at the same time like it seems like it hits them harder than it does there i say over here with us you no know, i don't think after the grand national you'd walk around seeing people cry, like openly crying many people leaving and obviously, you add into the story all the facts I've just said and the fact that he's he, the Philly was owned by a very high profile person. I mean, the whole thing could not have been any worse on any level for American racing. And I just felt so sorry for everyone here and everyone involved. Even the next day, I'm staying with someone. They they had they were having breakfast upstairs here, and they're on the phone to somebody and they're talking about it. And that person on the phone starts crying again. And she's like, I'm not going racing today. You know, that's how hard it's hit them here. And when I walked in on Whitney Day, I was maybe expecting protesters. You know, you hear, you know, I I thought that might be a thing. Saw two people just on the sidewalk with like, a you know, their version of RSPCA type flag and everyone on the track. You know, there's a real, I don't know, like I, I had it in my head that is the love of racing in America waning, you know, is the tide turning towards the antis? But it doesn't feel like that at all here in America. You know, they had a huge crowd. It's They love the game. They love the horses. There's, but what's happening on the track is not okay. But what can they do about it? I don't know. But that's my insight from the track. I was shocked. It's been shocking. TC, you can... I mean, who wants... No, I don't no, know. Uh,
3: I think what you've just said there is absolutely brilliant. And I won't lessen it by adding... Trying to add to it when I've got nothing more to, to give. I thought that was... Brilliant from you there. A Thanks, brilliant, Steve. brilliant
0: summary. Brilliant summary of a very sad situation, but I don't I don't have any answer, you know. The only thing I would say, which is quite interesting as well, is from a broadcast point of view. Um, obviously, this was, as I say, on Terrestrial, their version of Terrestrial Fox Sports for three hours on Saturday for Whitney Day. And the way in which they cover it, I'd be interested to watch the it back because obviously you know, ITV over here with fatalities during the national really get on the front foot with having someone veterinary on to explain why a horse can't be saved or what's happened. And I'd be intrigued. I haven't had an opportunity to watch the the, the show back, but I'd be intrigued to see how they handle it over here because millions of people tuning in, that's, that's your moment to handle it as best you can. And yeah. then have feet heading up the, the presentation team, no better man in that situation
2: yeah I'd be interested to see it as well now because like you say they just don't get this as much in America um on big days like we are definitely a bit more desensitized to it because you know jumps racing is so prominent and um that is unfortunately a more regular um part of the game and like this was a tough night for American racing now it really was because it like they, they are in need of good stories and and um things that capture the imagination and and this philly was definitely one that was on her way to doing that and like that's just you know nightmare scenario in every way shape and form and and then the other you know existing and ongoing fairy tale story in american racing is cody's wish and then he goes and gets beat later on in the carriage you know so exactly uh,
0: Uh, again you know watching it i was with racing people and then you know surrounded by the public i promise you it's like we're all we were like. Everyone went there, you know, excited to see Cody's wish and that story continue that narrative. And it was just when the wind being taken out of your sail wasn't even close. wasn't even close. Mm-hmm. It was like the Whitney just kind of came and went. It was a bit of a surprise. Cody's wish got beat. Everyone just left, sort of like, you know, it was it was shocking. It was shocking. But anyway,
2: yeah, not a good night I, I look. Look, it's racing. not unfortunately. It, it's you know, it's not the first, and it probably won't be the last time it happened. God, I remember a filly called um, Eight Bells who something not dissimilar happened like again a filly that, that was really flying and she took on the boys in the in the kentucky derby and uh, like i think she finished second and broke down like just after the line and like it was one of those that at the time it was just it was just a bit of a shocker and i remember they had i well i don't i don't remember it but I, I recall hearing about it The it was the the, the event that kind of finished high profile match races in american racing that are really high profile match race and one of them broke down in it fatally. Um, just gone back a few decades now it's like look this sort of thing has happened before this was a particularly bad night at a bad time yeah. for american racing when there's lots of other bigger picture stuff going on Um, yeah tough stuff and i don't know if you saw it if you saw it um, the day after um brendan walsh who trained the eventual winner that went down to win the race after um mm-hmm. after Maple Leaf Mel had broken down. You know, in American racing, when they win a big race, they 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 give them this big um I forget what the term is, like a, a big um almost a necklace of flowers for the horses, yeah. um, a big bouquet cage. Yes, and they hang it around the horse. And he went and um he went and gave that to um to to, to Melanie um, yeah. the following day. And there there was a few p- pictures of it now, and it was it was it was pretty tough yeah. stuff now. But, they obviously, you um, know.
0: The, the connections of the, the horse pretty mischievous who ended up winning the race, you know, they, they didn't go to the winner's enclosure, obviously. I mean, it was, it was horrendous, but anyway, on that note, we do have to wrap up guys, unfortunately, sorry to finish on a bit of a downer um, for what it's worth other news from Saratoga. Um, what have I got for you? Saw a very good two-year-old Chad Brown's two-year-old yesterday. That was exciting ways and means she made her debut on the dirt. She's a dirt filly and, The chat beforehand was that she was the, I quote, fastest horse in the world. And she won by about 10 lengths on debut, not getting an ideal trip for Chad Brown. So it was exciting to see her. That was pretty cool. Um, And then big sale tonight, Saratoga, big two-day sale kicks off now. And so I'm sure I will have tales to tell on Racing Any Better come Thursday where I will be back home, thank goodness. Uh, but for now, guys, thanks very much. Brendan, TC, Kevin, viewers and listeners out there, thank you as always. Enjoy your week. And as I say, join us again on Thursday with Racing Any Better. Have a good one, guys.